Hello and welcome to episode 290 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the actress Tara Fitzgerald. It's a great interview and someone that I've wanted on the podcast for a long time. I've been a huge fan of her work, especially on the TV series Waking the Dead, which I thought was one of my favourites. She's also featured on Game of Thrones, the amazing film Legend. There's so much work, but on today's episode, we mainly focus on one of her most recent films, Kindling. It's such a tremendous film. It's absolutely beautiful. And the good thing is, this is going to be a two-part special for Kindling, because I also have the director of the film coming up on the next episode. But if you haven't seen Kindling, please go and check it out. It's available now on Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Please, you will not regret it. I don't like to ever ruin a film for anybody, but I'll give you a little idea about what the film's about. It's about a group of young men that return to their hometown in order to transform their friends' final days in celebration of their friendship. Honestly, it's one of the best films I've seen this year. The cinematography is incredible and I can't wait to share this interview with me and Tara very shortly. Just before I get there, I do like to touch base and talk about my last episode. It was my most downloaded episode of the whole year. Yes, I was joined by Alex Winter. It blew up. I've seen so many people tweeting, Facebook comments, Instagram comments about this and I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone that's taken the time to listen. The numbers were absolutely huge and the episode is dedicated all around the YouTube effect which is his brand new documentary. I was lucky enough to see it and I absolutely loved it so go and check it out. But today it's all about Tara Fitzgerald and just before I hit the play button, let's give a quick shout out to the podcast sponsor, Richer Sounds. Without those guys, this podcast wouldn't be able to run and if you're in the market for a new TV or home cinema surround sound system, check them out. Right, let's get to the interview now. So here's me and Tara talking all things movie and TV. Hi Tara, how are you doing? Hi, I'm well, Mark. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Well, thank you for having me. What I like to do with all my guests um, is take it right back to the very start. Um, I've done nearly 270 episodes now with all different people from all different walks of life, but I always find it fascinating on maybe what were the first films that you watched as a kid or TV shows that made you fall in love with the idea of being an actor? Yeah. Um, yeah, the first, the very first were, you know, Hollywood musicals, the early, the early musicals. Um, and, and my hero, I mean, I was sort of obsessed with him, was Fred Astaire. Amazing. Amazing. And so all of his films, my, my uncle, so we all lived together in a, a flat when, when I was a kid for a few years. My, my aunt and uncle and my mum and my sisters. And he had these old um, LPs, <laughs> old 33s. And um, he used to, we used to play them. And then he used to go, go. <laughs> and, he to, and I used to pretend I could tap dance and I really couldn't, you know, um, but I really felt I could. And um, so that was very, very important to me, you know, early on. Um, and and the joy that I had, I mean, you know, I've, I've been spending the whole of my life trying to match that joy, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know. With those sort of early musicals and they're so sort of extravagant and so big and so electrifying, did you at that point think, I want to do that? Or were you just mesmerized by all the colors and the music and all the kind of the scale of everything? Or did you ever even believe that that's something that one day you could hopefully achieve? 
Yeah, I don't, it's so interesting. I don't, um, I, I mean, I wanted to be in that world. You yeah. know, I wanted to be in those worlds for sure. And I completely suspended my disbelief. Um, whereas my sister, for instance, never got on with musicals and always used to say, but they all know the same, you know, how would they? It's not possible. So she she always interrogated it in a, in a very sophisticated way, whereas I was just delighted <laughs> to go into that, to swim in that world, you know. Um, but did I, and I wanted more than anything definitely to be to be an actor. I I didn't see how I could, I think, Probably. I, I Yes, I wanted it, you know, down to my toes, but I didn't, I wasn't sure if I would be able to. I, I didn't, I, I think very early on, I wasn't sure I had the requisite kind of physicality or, you know, um, or, and I didn't have a singing voice, so that wasn't going to work. And... So did you kind of have a, a family that was supportive in that way that kind of would go with the idea that, you know, my daughter wants to become an actor, knowing that that's such a hard world to get into? Because some actors I've spoken to, their parents were dead against it because it wasn't a real job in their kind of eyes. And they were brought up thinking, well, it's something that you could maybe fall back on, but you need to go out and go down another avenue. Or were you just so focused on wanting to do that? Your family were like, let's kind of help her achieve that dream. Yeah, I I was I was very fortunate because I came from a sort of artistic and theatrical background. My mum's side in in Ireland, they've they've been very involved in the theatre there. My great aunt um, was an actress called Geraldine Fitzgerald, and she was part of you know she worked with Orson Welles, his theatre company. And oh wow! She, she went over to. Um, America and she she was in Wuthering Heights with Laurence Olivier and she I mean she was quite a big fromage <laughs> um, at that time and um, so so I was I was very aware of her you know and and I was very supported by my I don't think it was any great surprise really when this sort of four year old with this boy screaming voice <laughs> be an actor you know I don't I don't think that was any great surprise. Um, but then I think along the way, I had encouragement towards other ideas. You know, what about trying something else just in case? There was no backup plan, basically. And I think a lot of actors say that, you know, if I if I failed at this, I don't know what the hell I would have done. You know, no, it it's quite to, daunting, uh, isn't it, really? Because I've literally, like I said, I've done over 200 episodes and nearly everyone said the same. Like They just couldn't imagine a normal nine to five in an office or doing just a normal job because they only want to do that. Yeah, I th- it's it's sort of in you, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's in you. It's, it's like with you. you know? I was I was literally about to say like I can't imagine. I don't get me wrong. I can't um, pay every single bill in the house off this all the time, but no. I can't imagine now doing a different type of job where I'm not doing something that I love and that I'm passionate about every day because, in my head now, it's like I've just got to. I'm 41 now, and in my head, I'm like. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to do something I'm not enjoying that every day I'm kind of doing something for someone else. I want to at least enjoy what I do consider it such yeah. an amount of my day. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you make, you know, there are big sacrifices that you might have to make because of that. And a lot of people, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people and they've said, but how do you live with that uncertainty? You know, and, and what about, you know, financially, how do you know? Because it can go, you know, it can be so zigzaggy. Yeah. You know, so how do you live with that? And I said, well, it's part and parcel of it, but I would rather live with that sort of slightly dangerous sense yeah. of it. 
of, of existence than than the other thing. Um, I but, think it kind of um, prevents you from getting complacent as well because you can yeah. sit there and just do the same job, know it's the same money every week, the same hours, and it can becomes quite monotonous. But I feel like I don't know what I'm doing next week and I'm hoping that something comes in and when it does, I'm like, brilliant. And it's this little achievement every now and then that keeps you kind of excited and like it's one big adventure. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I feel is that I, I'd rather live on that edge of you know, the razor's edge. Yeah. There's <laughs> something they'll, they'll probably do some tests on us one day and be like, you two are just insane. Like, why are you doing this? Like one week can only have beans on toast and then you can go to a nice restaurant. But I'm like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so when was it, was there a turning point that you remember that maybe you'd gone to a few auditions or a certain role that you had landed that you then thought, yes, this is the moment that I can kind of feel that it's definitely being, um, taken seriously by my family and everyone around me, and that it is something that I can definitely make a, a living off. Um, was there one point? I think when I got into drama school, probably that was a sort of a sense of arrival. Yeah. Uh, because until that moment, and I, I had, I'd failed to get into a couple of drama schools, so I, I was beginning. It was feeling quite tenuous. My link, my link to the reality of acting. And then when I was accepted by the drama centre, then I thought, aha, at last, there's some, I'm able to cement this idea. Um, you know, it has, it has some possibility and someone's taken me seriously. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and, and, and then on leaving, I was really lucky because I left with a job, which is just. Unheard of. It, it was unheard of. Yeah. And, it, and a very good job. You know, I was getting ready for, you know, to do anything to get my equity card because in those days you couldn't work without an equity card and um so i was and i knew new people who did a lot of theater and education in order to do it and you know so i was preparing myself for for a tour of a puppet show or something you know um and not expecting to get a lead in a in a british film which is what happened and and when you look back at some of your previous roles, stuff like Brastoff, Waking the Dead, um, Legend, they're, they're incredible roles. But each role for me is very different. You're very versatile as an actress. And I think you've never kind of played it safe and played the same sort of role. You know, if you look at every single role you've done, they're completely different. And from one film to another, there's not even a slight sort of similarity. You've gone completely on all different directions. And I think that's a massive credit to you. But... Does that kind of keep it exciting? Does that keep it kind of, for you, just challenging all the time to get into such a different character for every performance? Um, well, firstly, thank you for saying that. That's, that's a lovely thing to hear. Um, I, that is, it's part of what we were just discussing, I think, that I, I like the danger of the exploration of something fresh and different. And, and I, I do try and find... You know, not just physically, because it's, it's, you know, I can put on a wig and look perhaps like somebody different, you know, but that's not the same as being somebody different. And it's that that really interests me. Yeah. And, and you know, what makes a character tick? What, you know, there are some, I went to a very good drama school and that, that was very much, you know, what does your character have for breakfast? Well, you could say all of that is very indulgent on one level, but if you go really genuinely into this stuff it can produce something very interesting i think and you see actors who explore the psyche you know of, of some of being you know really being somebody else 
that that and that's quite it's got again a quite it's a dangerous place to go a little bit yeah can be. and again i find that quite fascinating and is there quite a difference because obviously people that are trying to get into the world of acting some people want to get into just tv or some people want to get into film but because you've done these big British films, you've done some of the stuff overseas, but with something like Waking the Dead, where it's a really long process of the character, where each week you've got this chance to kind of really grow as a person and an actress and be around the same cast and be like a family. Is that something that you'd really kind of encourage people to do because it's such a, I don't know, I, I, I respect Waking the Dead so much because it went on for so long and in a world that we're living in right now, it would be canceled after one season on Netflix. So it's so good to go back on these shows and see that something had that longevity. Yeah. Well, this, this, that show actually, I mean, it was quite masterful in lots of ways that show. I mean, it was incredibly well thought out and written and, um, you know, and the stories, each story is, is very, very, um, watertight yeah. let's say you know it, they they all stand up they're not you know if you pick them apart they're 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 proper mysteries you know they're they're you know it, there aren't big loopholes everywhere they were really really worked on and we went through many many drafts and and trevor eve was quite brilliant in how he sort of had an overview of it and he knew he knew that sort of world incredibly well. So I walked into that. I was very lucky to have that um, and the care that was put into it. And, the, you know, I don't think they've dated that much. I mean, maybe the... I was literally about to say, I sometimes go on Amazon or I think, I think it's Amazon Prime and I'll randomly just put an episode on and it doesn't look dated. And, you know, I love lots of TV, but you put Twin Peaks on or you put on the X-Files and you know it's of that era. But yeah. you could you could genuinely think it's on BBC One this Sunday and you wouldn't know it hadn't been filmed, you know, fifteen years ago or twenty yeah, years ago. It's, yeah, yeah. it's like think, wow. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. I think and maybe the science, I'm sure it has, of course it must have advanced quite significantly, you know, and we're we're all much more aware of DNA testing. Of course, now, yeah. Know, pandemic and things like that. You know, we have a different relationship perhaps to science, you know, than we did. But um but as you say, the 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 overall timbre of the the pieces and the, and the the connections that were made, I think, are, are still very. I think they're quite timeless. A lot of the stories are quite timeless, which is a expression that's bandied around a lot. But but my sense is that it you know it does stand up still. A lot of them do stand up still. Um, they were just very well made, and they were shot on film. They were. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying they were the last. BBC shows to be shot on film. That's beautiful as well. I, I love all that. I love. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love technology and everything else that comes with it, and yeah. we have to accept it. But sometimes I just love the old classic methods. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, we're promoting Kindling, and uh, I was lucky enough to see an advanced copy of this. So I know it's coming out in the next couple of weeks, but I was lucky enough to see it and. I make sure that when I do interviews, I never spoil anything. So I don't talk about a specific scene or something because I want people to go in completely blind. But what I will say is it's probably the most uplifting film I've ever seen about death. Um, oh. I thought genuinely it was beautiful. The cinematography is something that I think should win every award um, going. I think the acting performances were incredible. There's not one weak link and it's just an incredibly beautiful film that you can see that 
someone's put their whole heart and soul into. And you must be so proud to be part of this incredible film and journey. I am. I really I'm 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 so pleased that you felt that about that. I mean, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's really a special film. It really is. It's there's, there's sometimes a film comes along. Um, I remember when Boyhood came along uh, and I, I was blown away. Obviously, it took 12 years to make, but it was one of those films that stuck with me for ages. And then I think I saw something like Whiplash. And there's these films that come through every now and then. Uh, Submarine was another one. And they stay with me. And I, I, I can revisit them again and again. And I know that in the next few years, I'll be revisiting this and still feeling the same as I did the first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. I, you know, it's I'm sure you can imagine being in something. Sometimes it's very hard to forget that you're in it. Yeah. You know? But actually, I just I just didn't think about that. I, I, you know, my ego just sort of dropped off. I, I or, or it wasn't about that. You know, more I was interested, and it's it's so um, it's so nuanced, isn't it? And it's so honest and it's so from the soul it feels like it, it's it, just real um yeah, you don't need real. all these special effects and green screens and no. it's about the performances uh banshees of the insurance this year i saw as well and it was just yeah. about the acting performances the cast the crew the scenery but the cinematography for me just stood out and i think you could pause this film at any moment print it out and it would make a poster you know it's absolutely yeah. stunning that's such a lovely way. Yeah, I, 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 it was a very sort of, it, it was a very special time that we shot it, you know, in this sort of strange in-between pandemic era that we were in, you know, but from none of us quite knowing what was coming next, you know, that, that sense. And yet that also fed into the, the theme of the film and also the fact that it was so beautiful gave it this, um, otherworldly quality you know that yeah. we were dealing with this oppressive and difficult and painful uh story you know of of loss and and uh adaptation to to very very difficult ideas and yet surrounded by this you know wizard of oz technical beauty you know um and and the inside house and the outside fields and and all of that sense and i think that's absolutely captured as you say in this film the cinematography is exceptional it is it's absolutely beautiful and uh, i'm so proud of it and i really hope it does really well and lots of people get to see it because it might be one of those gems that just not everyone knows about and then when they start to tell their friends they tell their family members and then it gets bigger and bigger and before you know it it's getting the credit it deserves yeah I hope so. I really do. I'm I'm so thrilled that you say that. I I think it deserves that because it comes from, you know, it's such a personal thing to the, you know, and he's an auteur, yeah. Connor, and it's such a personal thing to him, and he's so generous in how he's shared shared that, and I think that that really is something you can feel in the film. And something I was thinking when I was preparing for you today, I was thinking to myself, you've directed a few shorts, haven't you? I think there's three yeah. or four titles. Is it something that you'd like to then continue with? Uh, I know a lot of actors go into that transition of moving over to a director or because they've had the experience in front of the camera, they can then step behind the camera with that knowledge and respect. Would you like to be involved in one day doing a full feature or doing more directing as uh, as life goes on? 
Yeah, I would. I I really would. I mean, to to do, yeah. But then I see something like this film, and I go, "But I'm not sure I could ever do that." Do you see what I <laughs> but you're never going to know unless you try. Yeah, it's you know, real talent is very humbling, isn't it? Yeah, and and it's it's a good reminder, but it's also it also. Um, I think it's important that you identify what you're saying. You know, I think if you get that right, you know, I've got to, I, if I'm going to do a feature, I've got to make it because I really feel I've got to tell the story, which is a cliche, but it also, it also is true. You know, I don't want to waste anyone's time with something that doesn't have absolute uh, meaning to me. You know, and it's so, quite transparent, isn't it? I think if something isn't sincere, you can tell a film that someone's poured their whole heart into, or you can tell someone that's just took a paycheck and gone, "Oh well, I'll just do a film." And there's a big difference. And I think some people forget how transparent it is, and the fans out there do know this, and that's why, you know, when we're sitting here today talking about Kindling, we can talk so highly of it because it's because it's someone so passionate, because there's a story, because there's a brilliant cast, and there's nothing there that says to me this is made just for a bit of fun or a project, you know? No, exactly, exactly. And I think you're right. I think, you know, spectators, audience are very intelligent and and, and can smell it. <laughs> exactly. You know, absolutely. And I think, you know, this is the beauty is that he did trust his actors, you know, and you, you have someone like George and Mia's relationship, you know, they're, I mean, you, I can't think of, I can't think of a comparable relationship, you know, that is so wise and so well explored and, and moving. Yeah, that's the word moving. What I do on the podcast, and it's my final question for you today, and I've done this to every guest that's been on. I've had Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mikkelsen, Orbe Plaza, all these different people from all different walks of life. But I ask the same question to close the podcast. I am going to put you on the spot, but what I like to do is make the podcast as original as I can by letting the guests choose the outro piece of music that's played. So as this interview is all edited and wrapped up for the world ready to listen to, you get to choose the final piece of music or song or something that means something to you that plays as the episode ends. And I wonder, by putting you on the spot, when I ask the question, what's that kind of first song that comes to your heart and soul that you think would be perfect for today? Can we have um, Top Hat by Fred Astaire? Of course we can, and it loops perfectly all the way around. Yeah. I love the cycle of that. But yeah, is that is that because of it reminds you of childhood and just those early memories? Yeah, and happiness, and and yeah, everything, ever the possibility of film. Yeah, for me in those. What this, a perfect uh, little three sixty circle there! I love that. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I, I love all your work and uh, I'm a huge fan. And to to see you in Kindling and see this incredible story and know that I can then share this with people is genuinely just, it doesn't feel like work. It's like a dream come true. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing Tara Fitzgerald, an amazing actress. And like I said at the start, someone that I've wanted on the podcast for a long time. It's so good to have her on. I'm so grateful for it. And I hope you've all enjoyed it as much as me. As I said at the start of today's episode, this is actually a two-part special dedicated to the film Kindling. The first one is obviously here today with Tara, but I've got a second part coming out with the director, Connor O'Hara, who also is unbelievable and a great guest, and I can't wait to share that with you. 
in the meantime, go and check the film out. Like I said, you can stream it now and you will not regret it. And if you do, please let me know how much you've enjoyed it because that's the best thing about doing a podcast. If someone checks out an album or a film or a book from your recommendation or a guest you've had on, that is the ultimate pat on the back. So please let me know. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then please, in return, because the podcast will always remain free, hit that share button. You can do this on markandme.com and there's links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All these shares that you do go a long way and honestly, just someone on your timeline might see that picture and then suddenly check the episode out. They go back and they're suddenly a fan of Mark and Me for life and that's what I rely on. I haven't got a massive budget. I don't get paid for this. It's all about doing it because I enjoy it, but I really need your help in sharing these episodes. I'll be back very soon before you can even blink with the next episode and as I said it's the director of this film Connor O'Hara so until then look after yourself take care and I'll speak to you all very soon I just got an invitation through the mails presence requested this evening its formal top hat white tie and tails nothing now could take the wind out of my sails because i'm invited to step out this evening with a top hat white tie and tails oh, putting on my top hat tying up the white tie brushing off the tails up my shirt front, putting in the shirt studs, polishing my nails. I'm stepping out, my dear, to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class. And I trust that you'll excuse my dust when I step on the gas. For I'll be there, putting down my top hat. Mussing up a white tie Dancing in my tails Tie up a white tie, brushing off my tails.
I'm doodin' up my shirt front, putting in the shirt studs, polishing my nails. I'm stepping out, my dear, to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class. And I trust that you'll excuse my dust when I step on the gas. For I'll be there, putting down my top hat, mussing up my white tie, and dancing in my tail. 